Hello and welcome to the podcast from the November issue of The Lancet Infectious Diseases. I'm Andy Kiriakou and I'll be filling in for Richard Lane. I'm also joined by editor John McConnell. We'll be taking a look at some of the highlights from this month's issue, including a review of bacterial genome sequencing and its use in infectious diseases, a review on Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and an editorial on the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis and Malaria. Okay, John, let's start with the review on bacterial genome sequencing in this month's issue. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Well, it's remarkable how the number of bacterial genomes has expanded almost exponentially since the mid-1990s when the first bacterial genome that to be sequenced was that of an organism called Haemophilus influenzae. By the middle of 2007, then 497 different bacterial genomes have been sequenced from 352 different species. And the availability of this information has allowed some very substantial advances in the diagnosis of disease, in the detection of virulence factors, and the detection of antibiotic resistance. However, as a news item in the same issue points out, not everybody thinks that this is money which is being spent in the most appropriate fashion. And as you say, John, this ties in with this news desk item, which says that some experts are critical about the current focus on what are being called expensive glamour science projects such as bacterial genome sequencing. Could you comment a little on that? Well, yeah, see, that's the problem, Andy, is that this news item is actually about the sequencing of a parasite rather than a bacterial genome called Brugia malayi, which causes elephantiasis. Now, as one of the commentators who's commenting on this news item has pointed out, there are actually existing effective treatments for a Brugia malayi. So perhaps the money would have been better spent or rather than sequencing the genome would have been better spent on buying these treatments and actually giving them to people who are infected. And, and perhaps we really don't need to, for treatment purposes, we certainly don't need to know the sequence of this organism. But this is a very controversial viewpoint and not everybody agrees with it. I think there's some very good long-term reasons for wanting to know genome sequences. Science has to move on and it's arguable that the money that is being given to scientists for sequencing would in practice never actually have been given for treatment purposes anyway. So it's an interesting academic point, but I'm, I'm not sure that it's one that practically holds water, however heartfelt it may be. Okay. Also in this month's issue, a review on Rocky Mountain spotted fever. What is this disease? Well, this is a bacterial disease caused by an organism called Rickettsia rickettsii. It's transmitted to people by ticks and it's found throughout the Americas. So it's found principally in the United States, in some parts of Canada, and it's also found in parts of South America. The disease is its not that common, but there are believed to have been over 2,000 cases in the USA in 2006, and the number of cases is certainly growing. And for untreated cases, the fatality rate is somewhere between 20 and 30%, though that comes down substantially to about 5% if the person is treated with antibiotics. The problem with treating a patient who has the disease is that the early symptoms are fairly nonspecific, so it may take a while to reach the correct diagnosis by which time it may be a bit too late to give the correct treatment. So I think in a similar way that we are seeing increasing numbers of cases of Lyme disease in North America, which is another disease transmitted by ticks, I think we're likely to see increasing number of cases as of rocky-mounted spotted fever as people come more and more into contact with the, the wilderness-type environment where these ticks live. Let's talk a little bit about the editorial on the Global Fund to fight tuberculosis, AIDS and malaria. Why have you chosen now to comment on the fund's activities? 
Well, the Global Fund has been around for a few years now, and recently there was a meeting in Berlin at the end of September where donor governments pledged financial support for the ongoing activities of the Global Fund. And this will be followed by a meeting in the middle of November where the Global Fund will examine funding proposals that have come to it from national governments and other organisations and will decide exactly how the money is going to be spent. Now, what the Global Fund does is it focuses specifically on three diseases, AIDS, TB and malaria. However, there is some concern that this narrow focus means that looking at the wider issues of uh, improving health systems isn't really being dealt with by the Global Fund's money. So there is a case, for example, for just strengthening the distribution mechanisms by which drugs reach people for improving health care, the healthcare system on a, a more general basis within a particular country to ensure that there's a better continuity of care, not just for the big three, but for um, other diseases, for other very important areas of healthcare. So, for example, HIV AIDS is very much related to sexual health in general, to issues of women's health or violence against women. So there is some argument that perhaps the Global Fund should be putting some of its money into those health systems strengthening into other sexually transmitted diseases rather than focusing very narrowly on the, the big three diseases. And that's why we've felt that it's important to discuss the activities of the Global Fund at this time. And finally, John, would you like to briefly mention the review on MRSA and hospital cleaning that is being published online on October 31st? Yes, I think this is a pretty important subject, particularly in the UK, where hospital 